a Sunday afternoon beatdown by the Phoenix Suns as they return home after losing a heartbreaking loss to the Utah Jazz on Friday night. They return home for a 1.30 in the afternoon game against the New York Knicks, defeated by 21 points. And Matthew, this one really wasn't close. It wasn't close at all. No, it wasn't. Um, you know, bad day for New York sports. Jets yeah, the lose, Giants, Giants lost. lose. <laughs> That's style. right. Whoops. Yeah, the, so. the Jets had what? Zach Wilson had like uh, nine completions the entire game. And right before, of course, this morning I wake up and I look at like, you know, I'm like five fantasy football leagues. And I look at one and, and a couple of them. I have Gerald Everett as my tight end. I'm like, fuck, man, he's got a question mark. It's the night game. I'll go pick up Tyler Conklin from the Jets. Bad move. Bad move. <laughs> wait, wait. Those. The, the tight end? Yeah. Oh, okay. Because it's funny. I picked up the Saints tight end. He gave me a touchdown today. So Yeah. Well, <laughs> good for weeks. you. Good for you. <laughs> and then also, I'm in this one thing. It's called the, an Eliminator League, in which it starts off with 16 teams at the beginning of the season. And as each mm-hmm. team is, uh, as each week progresses, if you have the lowest score in the week, you're out of the league. And it looks like this is the week I'm finally out of the league. I made it to week 11. I made it to, I think, week 11 as well oh, last man. year. But I, I can't get over the week 11 hump. But doesn't look like my team's going to make it. No Tyler Conklin in that game. But I had, like, Josh Allen, who got, like, 11 points. But, but yeah, what, what happened to him, man? It just, every time they get down the end zone, their Singletary's running it in. It's like, it drives mm. me fucking nuts. But, again, you know, this is what happens when you get a Suns Jam Session podcast on a mid-afternoon in <laughs> November yes. on, on a <laughs> Sunday game. You know, typically we're watching football this time of day, but I had the ski, the, you know, the direct TV. I had the picture and picture side by side. So I got to watch mm-hmm. the Suns game. I'm watching that Bengals uh, Steelers game pretty intently. It's 17 17 right now, man. Oh, they scored the tie. Yeah. Damn, yeah. Pick, pick and score. I'm like, fuck. Fuck. Of course. Right. <sighs> yeah. You can actually probably see the glare of the Cowboys game yep. <laughs> on, on my skin. Yeah. This whole time. <laughs> <laughs> well, welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the Suns Jam Session podcast, the original postgame podcast on Planet Orange. I'm John. You can follow me at Darth Voida. He's Matthew. You can follow him at Matthew Lucy. And of course, you can follow the show at Suns Jam on Instagram, Twitter and TikTok. And, of course, stop by brightsideofthesun.com. That's where you can read all of Matthew's amazing writing. There's an amazing yep. article you put Every out day. Uh, a year and a half ago. It was so good. Yeah, how to poop a scoop. Dude. It, was, it, it, was, <laughs> it, was it was really good, yeah. good one. Scoot Henderson. Yeah, number two overall pick. Scoot. Scoot a poop. So a uh, lot to talk about in this game. You know, I think this was a, a perfect game for the Phoenix Suns because they got some rest for the starters. You saw, uh, you know, the, the, the duality again of DeAndre Ayton from half to half yeah. Devin yeah. Booker. I don't think he played in the fourth. So a lot of good things to talk about in this one. So uh, pop them. If you got them, Suns fans, Matthew, I assume that, you know, it's a Sunday afternoon. Typically you're probably at church. So you're probably going to have some wine right now. Blood of Christ. Yeah. Just a little sip. Okay. Um, nothing too crazy. I've got yeah. a, an Amarillo by morning IPA. Uh, it tastes like the backseat of a car. So it tastes like a 12 hour road trip. So pop them. <laughs> if you got them, Suns fans. Oh, Jesus. It just got everywhere. Let's talk about this Suns victory now, 10 and 6 on the season. One 
point victory by the Phoenix Suns with a final score of 116 to 95, which brings me to my first question. Matthew, I got to ask. Matthew, I got to ask. This game happened today, 1.30 p.m., Arizona local time on a Sunday afternoon. What are you normally doing at that time? Watching football like I am right now. <laughs> this could be a very disengaged podcast. Yeah. Just turn it off. It's and no, it's over. No, it was just a big catch by CD Lamb right there. But um uh what I'm usually doing is uh usually I watch football. It's funny because last year I feel like I didn't really watch football, but now I, I watch it um at this time. But tell you the truth, because it is the afternoon games, those usually suck. So mm-hmm. usually right now I'm it's like the Raiders football. and the Broncos, right? It's always the Raiders and the Broncos. <laughs> yeah. And I just don't want to watch it. It's always the shitty AFC teams. You always usually have your Cardinals to watch. It's always one of those, uh, I don't know, like uh, panic attack games. So yeah, I'm usually just done watching football by now. What about you, dude? You usually, I, uh, uh, I know what you usually do. Well, this, like right now, it's like 3:52 as we're recording. Like this, like this is prime nap time for Voida. Like, yeah, sat, for Sunday afternoons because again, like the Cardinals, they're they're so lackluster to watch. And again, it's always the Broncos and the Raiders playing. So this is kind of you know like in between the second and third quarter is when I'll just kind of like sit on the couch and after watching a morning full of football, I'll just kind of doze and just kind of fade away. So it's, I'm really, I'm really fighting through it here to stay engaged on this podcast because normally I'm asleep right now. <laughs> I can tell like you looked well, when you got on, you looked a little tired. So I was like, Oh wait, did you just wake up from a nap? So yeah, I was just like, I'm, yeah, I'm, my no, body's like, wait. Hey man, what are you doing up? What are you doing? Take a up? nap. Your, get a burrito. Siesta. It's not going on, you know? Yeah. So uh, but you know what? It was it was nice watching a Phoenix Suns game like this because I feel like you know over the past couple seasons, every time they have an afternoon game, typically the the Phoenix Suns perform well in them. We've played the Sixers in the in the past, the Celtics in the past. I think it was the Celtics on Super Bowl Sunday one year, and you know today going up against the New York Knicks, and, and we knew this entering this team or, or in, entering this game that this team, the New York Knicks, is a team that is kind of in a discombobulation mode, right? Like they don't truly know who they are. Jalen Brunson's doing Jalen Brunson things, but he doesn't really have a good compliment. RJ Barrett can't hit the broad side of a barn. Julius Randle has, you know, from two years ago, he savagely digressed. He's a little, he, he looks a little bit better than he did last year, but they're just a team that doesn't really know who they are. And you could see that with the way that the, the Phoenix Suns attacked them to this afternoon. Yeah, I think the only thing they have going for them really is, uh, I mean, you saw it in the subreddit stakeout, but Grimes is. He's a guy that the Knicks fans love, and he actually looks like a winning that. player. Um, Brunson is better than what they expected. He's better than what I expected, too. I mean, he was great last year, but you thought of him like as a New York starting point guard. Like, oh, here we go again. Like The Knicks fucked up. Big contract, but he looks good. You just have these two guys in R.J. Barrett and then, um, uh, excuse me, um, RJ Barrett and what's his name? We were just talking about Julius Randle. Julius Randle. Those those two guys that you you look on paper like you want these guys and mix in with Brunson. It makes sense. It looks like a good starting lineup, but out there on the court, it's just it's not good. You kind of even forget they even are out there. Especially RJ Barrett disappears a lot. Oh, big time. A lot of expectations. I think he kind of closed out last season pretty well. I was kind of like, oh, here he comes. All mm-hmm. right, because he was the third pick. It's like, all right, here we go. New York got, of course, the third pick is R.J. Barrett <laughs> after John yeah. Morant. Yeah, and so, Zion. You know, yeah, and a lot of a lot of expectations, and he's just not living up to it. And like you said, he can't shoot with shit. 
I don't know if he's just too long or what, because his shot's not going down, so he can't really do much else. And that team needs to make a big move, right? I mean, they just right now it's either the coach is going to be gone or one of these one of those two players are going to be gone. I feel like. Well, and what's interesting is this past off season, whenever there were Knicks discussions, RJ Barrett almost seemed like he was untouchable. Like you would talk yeah. to Knicks fans, you would talk, you know, you'd hear things coming out of New York that. Because one thing you have to remember about the Knicks is they have a shite ton of picks. They have a lot of draft capital uh, after, you know, doing a lot of their different acquisitions. You know, the Jalen Brunson deal, you know, uh, well, that was a free agent thi- uh, thing. But they, they're a team that has a lot of picks. And I forget why. And so I'm sure somebody in the chat will remind us why they have all those picks. But that being said, uh, every time you talk about the Knicks, you know, like I, I put together something in the offseason where I was talking about, hey, you know, Perhaps Jay Crowder to the Knicks. We can get some draft capital out of it. And if you even like sniffed at RJ Barrett's name, their fans would be like, okay, you're high. You're crazy. Like, there's no way we're giving up RJ Barrett. He goes three for 11 today. You know, he's three for 11, ends up with 12 points, uh, two assists, four rebounds, and just really didn't look like uh, anything that is, you know, a number three overall pick. It's really, it's really interesting how. They, they have so much faith still in this guy, and I just don't see it. And I, again, I'm not somebody who watches the Knicks with regularity. It'd be really interesting to get our buddy Flex from Jersey on here and just ask him what kind of what the vibe is in New York around R.J. Barrett and to know why everybody's like it. But why does everybody like him? Why? Well, the thing is with him is because <laughs> I think everyone likes him because this is stupid. But I think it's just because he seems like a nicer kid. I feel like you kind of root for him because he's the third pick. He's, like, he's a he good guy. The underdog. And uh, Coach Fallen Founder said like he's like our Josh Jackson in a way. Uh, he, I can kind of see yeah. that. But the thing is, Josh, Josh Jackson was such a dick. Everyone knew he was an asshole. This thing with R.J. Barrett, though, it just seems like you want to give him a chance. You want to see what he can do. But the thing is, he can't do anything great. He's just very mediocre at like, everything. Like If you want him to like try to figure things out offensively and try to get you a shot, try to be a playmaker... He's just not good. I can't really explain what he is. And I love the Josh Jackson thing because it's like Josh Jackson was the same way where it seemed like his game was just, it was mediocre, but he could never do anything great. He could never do anything great. You never saw any potential in anything that he could do. Last year, you kind of saw it with RJ where he can be a scorer in a way, but it's just fallen off. And like someone brought up too, Jalen Brunson being there might be something to do with it. But I feel like if you're going to be a good player, a guy coming in as a point guard that was a backup point guard mm-hmm. is going to stop you from excelling. I just don't buy that either. Maybe it's a New York thing, dude. It might be the New York thing. Some players just can't handle it. It might just be the pressure. Yeah, it, it might be. Uh, it might be that he's just not in a an area where he's allowed to be successful. And he's, he's been in a turbulent roster. You know, they've had Tom Thibodeau, I think, there his entire career. But still, yeah. much akin to Obi Toppin, like they just don't know how to engage him, if you will. And he's he's had some decent spurts, you know, throughout his young career. But I mean, come in and entering this game, he's averaging eighteen point three points per game for the New York Knicks, uh, shooting only thirty nine point five percent, and then of course twenty five percent from beyond the arc. I think they had mentioned it was like he hit a three today. It was the first time uh, because that he had hit a three in like you know thirty attempts or something like that. Uh, Ted Lubin says in the chat, and th- and again, thank you everyone who's hanging out with for, uh, with us. I love it. I was th- I was th- thinking about this the other day. I was talking to somebody uh, about the podcast, and they're just like, "Yeah, I don't watch basketball." 
And how many people do you talk about? You know, you go, hey, so who's your basketball team? I'm like, yeah, I don't watch basketball. It's like, fuck all those people. I, just, I thought about that. And I was just like, I'm so glad that whenever we go live, there's, there's a bunch of people hanging out in the chat, engaging, talking. Make sure you guys hit the thumbs up button while you're here. Uh, but Ted Lubin says, I thought Obi Toppin was a bigger part of the Knicks rotation. He looks like he's on. He looks like he, he is on the outs. Is Crowder for Oban a possibility for Obi Toppin? Uh, what do you think, Matthew? That's a weird one because the thing is with Obi, like when he looks good, he looks like, oh, like, uh, all right, here we go. Like he was what the ninth pick and a lot of people kind of doubted him. His first season was terrible, but then everyone's mm -hmm. like, kind of just like, all right, he's not as good as we thought last year. He looked really good. There's a lot of flashes last year where he looked like he can be a really good role player. Um, if we can get him, of course, that'd be awesome. But the thing is, there's so much there's so much potential in him that he needs a lot of minutes, I feel like, to kind of build that up. He needs a lot of time on the court. That's the only way for him mm -hmm. to get better. There's just things where, like, even well, how many minutes did he play today? I was trying to look it up before. Uh, 16 minutes, so he's over yeah, four. 16. But you never noticed him out there either. Like, he was the one guy I forgot he was like, I was, of course, like I was watching the game and watching the Cowboys, but like I, I'm watching, but I didn't even notice he was out there. Just someone tweet. I'm like, oh yeah, they have Obi Toppin. Like that's yeah, how bad well, he was it over. is. He was over. Yeah, he was over two from beyond but the arc. Just don't notice him doing anything field. else either. And yeah. I know they're down by like almost twenty in the fourth quarter, and they kind of lost momentum there in the third. But dude, seriously, like there is some potential in that guy, and I want to see it on some team. I just don't think it's going to be the Suns. Obi's one of those guys who I've always wanted as a member of the Phoenix Suns, but I think I'm kind of past past wanting to be him to be on this team as because as you mentioned Matthew I don't think his effectiveness is going to increase with the Phoenix we have like Ish Wainwright is Obi Toppin you know that's the role that yeah. he would get so why would you want to bring in some guy who's gonna uh potentially garner some more money you know he's he's eligible for his rookie extension next year he's somebody who hasn't been offered the rookie extension I don't believe to this point so it's like what what's the point I just don't think that you know as you mentioned he needs time on the court to grow and it's not something in Phoenix he's necessarily going to get. Uh, it sucks because it's not something he's necessarily – he's not going to get that in New York either because they have Julius Randle there, you know. And Obi mm -hmm. Toppin this year, he's averaging eight point or 18.2 minutes per game, and he's getting 9.3 points per game. You know, his his stats look okay. But, again, I just – I don't think he's been given the opportunity to be successful, much akin to R.G. Barrett. Now, the difference is R.G. Barrett has been – given the opportunity to be successful, but they haven't put anything around him sustainable enough to that really, I think accentuates his game. Uh, but he has hope. He brings hope to the team. You know, they, they know that he's a talent. He's a number three overall pick. He's shown flashes of it in the past. Whereas Obi, like you said, when he shows those flashes, it's amazing, but it's just like, you don't know if it's sustainable with him, given his, his uh, physical structure and, and his wideness. And, you know, I mean, he was, but man, he was great. when he was in college, man, yeah, he was. <clears throat> maybe the best way for him to like flourish is really to be on a team. Even though I just said maybe like working with the Sun or being on the Suns, he wouldn't get the minutes and stuff. But maybe playing like a with a good point guard, like a great point guard that can find you because that's what he is, right? Like he's not mm -hmm. going to really get his own he, shot. He's a, he's a lob guy. He definitely is, but he's also just positioning and he can he can make those cuts and stuff. Like he's a flashy player, and you just need the better point guard. So maybe him and Brunson can figure it out. But you, the thing is, like when you're in New York and you're just failing as a team the spotlight everything it just makes it worse where it's just gonna oh, yeah. unfold even even i'm surprised he made a comeback last year to actually get on some people's radar i'll be like all right well here he's now he's back and now he's just gone now he's just not even talked about at all so that sucks for him man
it will be interesting to see if he is somebody who is moved because of the fact that, you know, he has the qualifying offer ahead of him. They might not want to pay it. They might want to try to garner an asset for him prior to just having him walk in restricted free agency. Uh, and, you know, again, if they trade him, it'd be interesting if he ended up on a team like, oh, I don't know, Orlando. Orlando? Char- Charlotte, maybe. Charlotte makes- can give him. Yeah, yeah, Charlotte, yeah makes Charlotte makes sense. Charlotte's always a place. Every time yeah. we love these players, we're always like, send them to Charlotte. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, we like Charlotte. Yeah, maybe maybe they'll do good down there. Here comes the pain! It was another very solid performance by Cameron Payne instead of Chris Paul, as he is once again out. He's missed the last five games, pretty much six, because he went out early in that Philadelphia 76ers game. But in the 32 minutes played by Cameron Payne, 21 points, nine assists, seven rebounds, uh, five for five from the free throw line, two from five from beyond the arc, seven of 14 overall shooting. And he really brought the intensity in this game, Matthew. And that's one thing I wanted to hit on, at least that I wrote in my notes, was his intensity right off the bat. I mean, he had that block on Jalen Brunson. He's beating his chest. uh, And he was really dictating pace again. Uh, how great is it to see him ha- have this consistent, perf- these consistent performances uh, while Chris Paul is on the mend? Well, I mean, the thing is with Chris Paul being out, I mean, I don't know if you saw like over Twitter, you just see some random comments from people, how bad our defenses have been. Like, I guess I forget who posted it. I really got to save these to notes, but someone did say, hey, we're 29th in the league right now on defense without Chris Paul. Like, we didn't King. fall there. With, was it Dave King? Yep. That son of a bitch. I, yeah. Sorry, dude. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I think it's funny where that, that's being that's said, but then you also play a team like New York where you can definitely get out in front of, but the defense, it looked better, and it did start with him. And I think offensively, you can always count on him. You don't, can always count on those threes, him getting teammates involved, but defensively, you need him to step up as a leader too. I mean, Booker is doing his best, but as a point guard, it kind of starts there, right? So mm-hmm. tonight, you did see that. First of all, he walks into the he walks into the game with his Elton John jacket. I don't know if you saw that. I didn't see and that. An Elton John jacket. Yeah, it was a fucking nice jacket. It says <laughs> Elton John on the back. He's funny as hell. So when he does that, you know, like, I'm just like, dude, this guy's gonna have a great game. Like, <laughs> when you see him walk in with that Elton John, like Elton John jacket. <laughs> that was my first concert I've ever been to was an Elton John really? concert. Yeah, first one. I was think I was, uh, I think I was 11 or 10 years old. Yeah, Elton John. Um, so, yeah, shout he was out, ju- He was just here on, like, his, his goodbye tour or whatever. Yeah. So I mean, I, I've it, actually, I've grabbed. seen Elton John in concert as well. And I literally, I sat in the last row at uh footprint center, the top mm-hmm. row, last row, dead center. So whenever the, like they put the lights up, it just boom, right in my face. Like the whole night I was like, <laughs> Oh, I was all squinting, trying to watch it. I'm like, I remember when rock was young. Oh, shit, yeah. I can't see. I'm a bitch. I'm a bitch. Oh, yep. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> no, I, you know, again, I think you're right. He came in, he knew in this game that he would have an opportunity to play against Jalen Brunson, who is, is he's a tough bowling ball type of player. He has some physicality to him. He does those jump steps. I do like that they call him for a travel once during the game because I thought he did that all the time last year in the playoffs. Uh, but he knows defensively he's not really a, a plus defender. And the quickness that Cameron Payne has been playing with this entire season is an advantage for him when he's playing these smaller point guards. You're not going to get a ton of small point guards in this league. Chris Paul's one of them. Jalen Brunson's definitely one of them. You know, so you have to take advantage of those matchups, and Cameron Payne did that again and again. 
dictated pace. And that's my big thing with this first team unit. The ability to dictate pace is so prevalent at home. And it's the one thing this team is missing on the road is they just, they come out. We talked about in the last podcast, like that team played great, except for that first quarter where they just came out and were just boneheaded. And if they could come out and have Cameron Payne as engaged as he is, uh, like he was tonight in that first quarter, it's something that's going to benefit this team moving forward. And it's going to, we're going to see a little bit more consistent, you know, cause they're 10 and six right now, you know, we'll see a lot more uh, consistency, but you look at how they play in the first quarter. He had 10 points in the first, it was him and Devin Booker of their 28 yeah. points. They combined for 17. Uh, they combined, you know, Devin Booker was two of seven in that first quarter, but it was Cameron Payne who was, you know, two of three. He had, he got to the line, he was being physical. He had a couple assists and right off the, and even, and he had that block shot. I mean, it was him who really set the pace in this game. Yeah. The thing is starting up that hot with Booker on the court. It's, um, it's kind of, it's nice because the thing is like Booker did start off so like cold and a lot of his shots look good, but then you have the other guy where I feel like Chris Paul couldn't really do that earlier this season where he mm-hmm. can, you know, start out the game hot. Yeah. And that helps so much that helps so much. team yeah i mean they just need that they need the other score in the first quarter and i feel like Cameron Payne can be that guy next to book well there's another guy who can do it the question is will he do it watch so deandre ayton in this game uh 27 minutes played with six of nine from the field 13 points 11 rebounds uh four assists you know he, he's starting to get those assist totals up so uh, also had the the one steal, one for five from the line, Matthew. One for five from the line was DeAndre Ayton. So he was getting to the line in this game. He just, you know, did you hear him on the, the TV? He's like, fuck! That was a good one. Yeah, yeah, fuck. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I just, you, yeah. Know? you know, so yeah. uh, it, again, you know, two consecutive games in which both of them I leave with positive things to say about DA. The challenge I had with both of them is it's a tale of two halves. The game against the Utah Jazz, the first half, he was lackadaisical. He wasn't engaged. The second half, he came out like a dog. Same thing in this one. You know, the first half, he was just kind of, you know, he was getting to the line, but he was, you know, the way he got to the line that one time was so annoying because he has an easy dunk. And he looks up and he pump fakes like twice. And then he tries to bounce in and off the backboard. And then it comes off the rim and he grabs it again and tries to go up again. <laughs> yeah. And then he's fouled. And then he misses yeah. two free throws and he goes down and then he fouls Jalen Brunson on the other end. I'm like, that was a bad, like, 10 seconds of game time uh, for DeAndre Ayton. But in the first half in this one, uh, Aiton went for four points and six rebounds. So he, you know, he really stepped it up in that second half. And we saw that re-engaged DA, which is what we want to see, where he puts out, you know, nine points, five rebounds, four or five shooting in the second half. Yeah, I thought, like, he kind of started out the game decent. He was good. Um, a lot of the stuff he did, like, in the second quarter was, like, looking around too much. Like, there's this thing he does where... Um, he looks around a lot when the when the ball's being inbounded, like kind of like he doesn't know if he should be there or not, and then he takes off. Um, but then he comes in in the third quarter, and he just like keeps his head down and goes. When he's on the boards and he's actually you know a presence there, it's kind of like if you're watching the Cowboys game. You know, I know a lot of you are at halftime right now, so a lot of Cowboys fans out there. So go Cowboys. Um, <laughs> it's like it's like um, I'm serious. Like he makes. As big of a difference, like if, if Parsons for the Cowboys, the best defensive player right now in the league, if he's healthy, Parsons, that is, that defense is way good. If he's not, the defense sucks ass. Mm-hmm. If DA is just down there boarding, 
it just makes the biggest difference. That third quarter, the reason we had the blowout is because Aiden was working his ass off, just yeah. doing everything. The and stats weren't even the, that great. And dishing the ball out, too, because that's what his he does pass, well. He can, yeah. His passing is really good. But, like, when he's not engaged on the boards and he's, and he's sitting there watching and it's a brick, and, like, if mm-hmm. he had been two feet forward or at least had some effort, grabbed the board, it would have been, uh, you know, it, it could be positive for the Suns. But when he's in there like he was tonight, as you mentioned, Matthew, like, getting the ball, dishing it out. Like, it's such a different offense. Yeah, and the dishes are good. There's a few, like, even last game, he had one where he grabbed the board and he passed it out when he shouldn't have. It just went back up. Um, but that's him. Like, he's a ball boy in a way where he's going to grab the board and just pass it back on. They're they're nice passes. They're perfect passes to set up for three. So that's awesome to, to look forward to that. Like, you you have to, like, it kind of admire him for that. The passing's always been there. Uh, mm-hmm. Take your time, though, a little bit more. Like, tonight he did rush some stuff, but then he started to take his time a little bit. But I'm telling you, like, his stats, of course, were okay tonight. Like, they looked fine. But, like, the way he just played that third quarter is the reason we blew this team out. Because it's like, oh, if yeah. he's playing that way, dude, no one can deal with him. And no. then, obviously, like, it gives the team a lot of momentum. If he's just, there's just, he if he doesn't fucking, like, look around, he just is there. And he's he called out two screens, like, back-to-back in the third quarter. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, fucking nice screens. And rolling off those screens, like, yes. It is the I'm telling which, you, dude, which, which puts pressure awesome on the defense. When you when you said yes. that, when it's what we were saying earlier in the year when he when he came out and he was really engaged early, and it was like that. That's the same thing I noticed. It was like those hard screens and those hard rolls were something that it does nothing but benefit the Suns when he does that because it puts pressure on the defense. They have to respect him, and they always do respect him when they do it. And it's going to open up back cuts and lanes and all kinds of things for his fellow teammates. But when he kind of like lackadaisically sets a screen and then and doesn't roll, he just kind of stays on the perimeter. You know, then the, the, his teammate is like, well, I'm, I have to shoot it because I have no one to throw it to now. And if they miss it, it's a one-and-done possession. And, like, that's what started at the beginning of the Jazz game. It was a lot of that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. I was worried about it a little bit at the beginning of this scene, or beginning of this game because, you know, the Phoenix Suns were firing the three ball in this game. You know, they ended yeah. shooting 39 threes. But in that first half alone, you know, the team had taken uh, 18 threes, and they made six of them. They were 33% from beyond the arc in that first half. You know, you look at the second half, they were 11 of 21, and they shot 52.4%. Uh, but a lot of that is because the defenses were sagging off of them because DA was starting to roll harder, and now they had wide open shots, and they could kick it around. And because the defense has to collapse on the interior to defend DA, and they see that he's engaged, because you, you know the opposition sees it, right? You know, when, when you're playing against a guy and you can see the look in his eyes that he's just like, oh, I'm fucking winded, or I don't want to fucking be here, you're, you know you can crash yeah. every time freely. And you can play off that guy and and assist yeah. on the defense. But when he they see he's engaged, they have to stay in in it. And guess what? It opens up lanes and shots for for the team. Yeah, and Aiden also had like a Tory Craig kind of rebound putback later in the game in the third quarter, uh, where he just he just didn't give up. He actually was not in the paint, but he found space. He saw where the ball was bouncing off. There's no one there. He went to go grab it and put it back in. Like, um. It's fun. I, I think it's just as fun as Tony Pollard scoring another touchdown right now, and I have him on my bench. So, Did he score? I, he scored again, yeah. Nice. That's two for him and one for Zeke, right? Fucking 30-3 to three right now. So Jeez, No need to watch gosh. the Cowboys games. Keep watching us. Jeez, <laughs> man. Wow, they're blowing the shit out. The Vikings are at home, too. Yeah, this Vikings team's not that good. You know that's no, a... Oh, yeah. no, one, I, no one believes in them. 8-1 or 9-1. What's the score on the Bengals-Steelers game? Oh, I have no idea. Oh, cool. Thanks. So...
The juice was loose again today. Uh, 14 yeah. points for the juice. Five of nine from the field. Had four rebounds, three assists, two blocks. Uh, he looked, once again, absolutely fantastic. It's interesting because one of the things that I do on Sunday evenings is I write Center of the Sun for Bright Side of the Sun. It's a weekly recap and a, and a preview of the next week. And every week I have to dish out kind of your player of the week, right? And last week I gave it to Cameron Payne, even though I even predicated, I'm like, every week is Devin Booker. Like Devin Booker just scored 49 points. You look at strictly the statistics, it's Devin Booker every week. But Torrey Craig might be my player of the week this week just because of what he's giving the Phoenix Suns is such a bonus right now, considering that he's the fifth option on this team. And the aggression that he's playing with uh, is something that is... It really makes you not hell is a drag racing going on out there? Always, man. Yeah, I'm usually the flag lady, but right now I'm a little busy on Sunday. <laughs> yeah, Sunday. <you> know, <laughs> but he's he's a mad dog on the boards. You know, he mm-hmm. got hobbled, he played through it. He's our best offensive rebounder on the on the team, Matthew. He had nine consecutive he, points in the second quarter. His hustle, like, is insane. I don't know what to do when uh I mean, I'm not even looking forward to like if we get another four, if we trade for another forward or something i just right now the way craig's playing and you can say oh we're just playing the knicks but the way this guy is playing like i don't really want him to lead the starting lineup i don't think he deserves to go back on the bench i know it's nice to be like oh like he'll be on the bench he'll come in you know he'll be the same guy but you know you know how it is in the nba it's like you can say a guy's gonna be good on the bench but then yeah he's been a bench player for forever but the way he's playing with the starting lineup, you just can't negate that. You can't say like, oh, let's get someone else in here and throw him on the bench because I think he's, he has that spot until – and even if we trade for somebody, he has that spot until otherwise. Like he's better than what Jay Crowder was ever. Like you know what I mean? Like the things he does on the court, the hustle next to Aiden, when Aiden mm-hmm. sometimes doesn't have the right kind of positioning, he finds that. He's like the other guy to go grab those boards. And yeah, the three-pointer too. Like tonight, what was he – what did he shoot from the three point line? Was oh two for four, which is two fucking four, amazing. Yeah. Which is what it's a bonus. Every one of those is a bonus. He has attitude too on the court too, where mm-hmm. he's actually arguing plays. Like he's getting called for fouls or not getting fouls called for him, and he's arguing that now. Like he's being more vocal. So that just shows you like he, it's just more involved with the team, and you want to see that with him right now because the Suns definitely need that. That was the thing we've been talking on the podcast. We need a four. We need a guy yeah. now. He's been that for the Suns, man. So question, did James Jones win the Torrey Craig <laughs> for Jalen Smith trade? What Have you seen a Smith highlight? I haven't seen anything lately. But I was nervous about that one, but I haven't seen anything from him. So I think he's won it right now. It's always back and forth, well, right? J- yeah, it is. It is. Yeah. Jalen Smith, though, he's currently averaging 11.1 points per game with the Indiana Pacers. He started 15 of the 15 games that he's played in. Uh, he's shooting 43% from the field, so not that efficient. You know, 4.3 makes on 9.9 field goal attempts. He's shooting 27% from beyond the arc, uh, 8.1 rebounds. So he's definitely snagging more rebounds than Torrey Craig is. And the Indiana Pacers, they're 9-6. and six. So, I mean, they're, you know, matching the Suns. I think that at this point, yes, because uh, what Torrey Craig has meant to this team, it, it's a bonus, really. It really is a bonus because you don't know, you know, one, they, the, the Suns didn't do the right thing right off the bat. They should have extended Jalen Smith. They should have allowed that opportunity. Yeah. 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 You know, they, they really should have, uh, 
and they didn't. So they had to kind of make up for that mistake, if you will. And they brought back somebody who they liked. And again, Tory Craig had a bad year last year. Um, but I think that at this point, it's it's still up in the air. It's it's still there's too much basketball yet to play. But at this point, we're feeling pretty good because we know that when Cam Johnson got hurt and Jay Crowder wasn't with the team, what do people say on Twitter? Be nice to have sticks right about now. Well, guess what? Yep. Yeah. Tory Craig's been filling those shoes. And he's got that that veteran leadership that sticks doesn't have. And he's somebody who, uh, again, the way that he plays and with the physicality that he plays and the attitude he plays with is definitely something that this team appreciates, especially without the services of Jay Crowder. And even uh, Cameron Payne, too, and him, they were the two guys where we're just like, I don't know what to expect. We weren't very excited. They were the big ones, Now man. they're like our favorite players right now. They are. I think Craig right now is my favorite player in the Suns. I fucking love him. Like, I just want him on the court always. Like, he's doing everything that we need him to do, plus more. It's insane. I didn't mm-hmm. think he would be this good. No, me neither. Both him and Payne. I was challenging. You know, that was my big thing. Go back, look in the offseason. I was like, man, I don't have a lot of faith in these sons because I don't know what we're going to get from these two. I don't think that yeah. they have him. I'm happy to be wrong. Today I met this cat. He said his name was Damien. He thinks that we're a lot alike and wants to be my friend. Damian Lee came off the bench tonight, played 23 minutes, uh, was four of eight from the field. All those four makes were from beyond the arc. He had 15 total points, four assists, four rebounds. He continues to be kind of the, uh, you know, he's the sixth man for the Phoenix Suns. He's typically the first one off the bench. Uh, but again, I like the physicality that he plays with as well. Although sometimes he does flop around a little bit. We can be real, right? <laughs> you and yeah. Me talking here. He, he kind of flops a little bit. No, I know. I know. He's a guy that, you know, he's a technical guy. I thought, I just thought he's just a feisty yeah. dude that can be really annoying. He's trying to get turned into that guy. And when you have him come in the fourth, he was three for four um, from the field, but he was three for three from three, mm-hmm. you know, keeping the, keeping those starters on the bench, you know, Booker didn't play in the fourth. I don't think, right. Nope. I don't think he played one minute. So when you have, I thought Booker was going to come back in and I was surprised to even see like Mikhail come back in and Cameron Payne because we had like the 14, 16 point lead. Yeah. And I'm like, I'll oh, just keep the bench out there. Um, Basically the one guy though, you don't really want to play, even though I want the points is Booker. Um, So Lee can do that. And he, he plays so well with basically anybody that's out there. I think he plays well Um, when you have him out there with, um, excuse me for a second. Well, I can't think of the name. Even Washington, when he plays next to Washington Jr., and those are like two guys, you're like, wow, we have to rely on those two guys like to come off our bench and actually produce. They do, and it's not just scoring. They move the ball very well uh, together. So that's fun to watch, and it's something that you can just be kind of – you can relax a little bit with that bench. I mean, the names were thrown out there isn't too sexy, but they're getting the job done, and they're playing team ball. Uh, I know that Ish Wainwright had some good minutes tonight, like good mm-hmm. meaning like a lot of minutes tonight. Yeah. Some of those shots, what the fuck? But, <laughs> you know, so these are the guys we're relying on, and they just, they're coming together now. And what sucks is, like, you know, when they play well together, there's always something that happens. It's either someone's going to come back and or else someone's going to get hurt or something. But I think for right now, they can do a solid job. It's just the close games we need to figure that out. Well, I think what's valuable about Lee is, you know, Kellen Olsen tweeted out before the game. He said, Monty Williams said he doesn't want Booker and Bridges having high minute totals this early in the season to become a consistent thing. He's trying to balance out how much everyone wants to compete. And it's like, well, I mean, they have to play so many minutes because that's how they have to win these games. The key to success is going to be people like Damian Lee consistently stepping up, you know, entering this game, 48.1% from beyond the arc this season. 
So he's somebody who can assist. Josh Kogi gave amazing minutes today. He actually hit a step back three. Thought it was the end of the world. Second sign of the apocalypse right there. Josh Kogi hitting step back threes. But also given that great defensive effort. Having players like Damian Lee step up helps Devin Booker stay on the bench. Having Ish Wainwright be out there. And again, that's one question everybody's like, well, what's, what's Ish doing out there? You know, one, he's he's relieving some of that pressure from Mikhail Bridges. Ultimately, Mikhail Bridges, who we know is a tank, played 33 minutes tonight. That's the most for any member of the Phoenix Suns. Devin Booker only had 30. Campaign had 32. Aiden had 27. Torrey Craig had 25. All of our starters were in double figures, and Mikhail Bridges led them all with 33 minutes played. That's because Ish Wainwright played 20 minutes. Now, you're right. He was one of six from beyond the arc. He had three <laughs> points. He had three points, one of eight overall, seven <laughs> rebounds. But what he did bring to this game was a physicality against the likes of Julius Randle, who was nine, who had nine points and six rebounds on four of 11 shooting. That's because when he got matched up, there's a couple times where like they'd give the ball down on the block to Julius Randle. He tried two back downs against Ish Wainwright and he passed the ball right out because he, because Mikhail Bridges would crumble in that situation. Cam Johnson. <laughs> Would be out for the next twenty five games after that. Not it. <laughs> yeah, and this didn't give a shit too. He was just out there just jacking stuff up. He's like, "Hey, I'm back, dude. Give me twenty minutes. I'm just gonna throw these up." What do you have? Like two air balls yeah, <laughs> or something? But he kept shooting, and he made one. He made one, and he felt great. Um, I think yeah. it's funny how much confidence he has, dude. I think a lot of things are funny today on this podcast. You know, <laughs> yeah. that's what happens when you just four twenty four in the afternoon. You know, Steelers are winning <laughs> you know, by birds, three. <laughs> birds are chip. Yeah, <laughs> birds are chirping. You know, thirty to three. Suns one. Perfect. Got to be happy. You, you got to be happy. You got to be happy. The point so this is a fun discussion to have, and I'll we'll have it right here on the podcast. I'll ask you this, Matthew. Cameron Payne's been playing fantastic, right? Chris Paul, it's allowing Chris Paul to take extra time. There's a bunch of video of him before the game today shooting, having a really good shoot around, like a 40-minute shoot around him. Mean, he's out there. They said that he's going to be evaluated next week, right? So, like, we'll see what that means. That probably means he's not going to be in the Lakers game. The Suns play on Friday against the... Pistons at home like we might have to wait till Thanksgiving is over before we know what the the fate of Chris Paul is would the Suns ever in any way shape or form consider when Chris Paul is healthy having him come off the bench for a while no no not at all why not I don't think so I mean that would be weird right I think the thing is you have to think about Chris Paul he's already sacrificed I know he's older but he sacrificed this year with minutes already um even beginning of the season he did get hurt already obviously but he did sacrifice minutes he wasn't playing as much earlier when he started this season i think it would be kind of a weird thing just because if he were to come off the bench it's kind of like the westbrook thing right you remember how hard it was for westbrook he yeah, fucking but the, was terrible but, right but, but West, then it westbrook took has forever to get to the bench but westbrook's always been a me versus we mentality kind of player like i think chris paul if you can make him see the benefit be like hey man we're gonna ease you in back on the court right because if yeah. you're a starter you're not gonna put him out there and be like hey man we're gonna ease you and you're gonna play 16 minutes it's like okay well now when are those 16 minutes whereas if he's coming in off the bench you let campaign dictate the pace like he's been doing he's getting that ball moving around but imagine him just going you know what we're going to have you coming off the bench 16 minutes a game, a little bit in the second, a little bit in the third. 
you know, for a few, I'm not saying like permanently, I'm saying, you know, for like a five, six game stretch in an effort to kind of rest them, but still get some of that rust off of them. True. I, maybe this is, I know, I know, I know. I just, I think that, you know, the heel thing is something, but maybe this is just kind of a rest. It's kind of like, all right, well, we found a way to get you to rest. Maybe that's why he looks so like, like he's dying out there. Like he's bleeding to death on the, on the like he looks like seriously, like someone's like sticking something up his ass and he doesn't want it to happen. Like that's ah! what he, he hates it being on the bench. And I think it just has to be something where he comes in and hit, like he, remember he used to play like almost the whole first quarter. Now, like he, I feel like he comes in, he plays like five minutes right away. I think you yeah. stick to that. And I think the thing is, I think he's going to keep getting hurt. And I don't think we can, of course, win it, win a championship with him being the guy that gets 40 minutes. Yeah. But then maybe I'm going to eat my own words and maybe he is that guy. But I think Cameron Payne, the thing that's so valuable is he's getting these minutes right now. And you think about like, the past playoffs, like how many times like we thought like, oh, play Cameron Payne over Chris Paul. Remember that was the thing? Because Chris Paul was hurt and we'd almost yeah. lose a game because he was hurt and playing. It's like, this is nice because you could see like Cameron Payne's like, all right, this game, our defense, we got to get better. Our defense sucks without Chris Paul on the floor. So if I can improve our defense, just me, myself, kind of being that leader in a way, then that helps me to have a better chance in the playoffs to get those minutes, maybe to help us win and maybe be the guy to finish the game with Booker. You know, yeah. that might be the thing. As long as if Cameron playing is playing well and if he can finish a game with Devin Booker to win a game, that's perfect. That's what we mm-hmm. need, I feel like. 100%. And again, like it, what what's the winning combination? That's what we're going to be talking about through the remainder of the season, you know. And maybe campaign going back to the to the bench obviously ignites them even more. But I think that it's something worth trying. It's worth trying some of these combinations, especially when CP first comes back. Two games, try it out, Monty. Be like, hey man, we're you're getting we're putting on it on a pitch count, okay? Sixteen minutes, and who knows? Maybe that's sixteen minutes. Five five of those are the last five minutes of the game if it's close. I don't know, but again, it's it's something worth talking about. Now, another thing that we talked about on the last podcast is where's Ms. Mac Biombo been? Biz. Biz. Busy was back tonight. Uh, Didn't look great offensively. Looked great on the boards, though, I'll tell you that. But he ended up uh, adding in 21 minutes played. He had five points. He had 10 rebounds, three assists, and a block shot. And, uh, it was just, it's interesting because we were talking about the last game. It's like, why are we seeing so much jock and no busy at all? Mm. Especially considering, you know, there's, there's opportunity still there. We feel, you know, DA sometimes isn't engaged. He's out of the game early. Something he's been in foul trouble early on in the season. It's been a lot of Landale. I think maybe it's because the, but I don't know why. I don't know why this is like Wainwright made sense to me. Wainwright coming in the game made sense to me because he had a physicality against uh, Julius Randall. I don't know why Busy was getting the start in this game because it's not like the Knicks were a bigger team, you know. Like they got Hartenstein and like that's and like Mitchell Robinson, you know. But like I felt like the Jazz were a much larger team and had a bigger front line, uh, and we saw Jock the entire game. So why do you think that is, Matthew? You know, I don't think we'll ever figure this out because we we talk about it almost after every game. We're just like, where are these guys at? Is it a rest thing? It's it's probably just obviously a rest thing. But then why isn't Busy playing games where we're trying to actually play? better defense down low because i feel like he is that guy uh jock's doing a little bit better but he kind of gets abused down there uh how many fouls did bismack have tonight five fouls that's usually the same thing with jock they always are in foul trouble yeah um but the thing is a lot of those fouls too came on screens like it was like bismack wasn't set and he was running to dudes like sticking his leg out um but if we're going to talk about like who's going to get minutes every game the matchups and stuff like that 
I don't think we can figure it out. It's really one of those things that's in Monty's head where it's just like, I don't know what he's really thinking and why aren't you playing this guy over the other? I'm happy with both. So it's not like if we lose a game and I'm like, oh, it's because Jock didn't play. Why didn't Jock play? Or else if we lose it because Bismack didn't play. I don't think that. I think either, yeah, either either way, we're getting good solid minutes from those guys. And the thing, the one thing that sticks out, like you said before, like earlier in the season, the, the foul trouble was always an issue. It is, but I think that they can go out there and play really good solid minutes to help this team defensively. And Bismack's a guy that offensively too, he sometimes can show up and surprise some people. Oh, so yeah. he'll do that every now and then. So just, I don't have to worry about these two guys. One or the other. I'm very happy with both. Well, maybe now that I think about it, New York is not a good three-point shooting team. They're going to try to score on the interior. So you're going to put the interior defender in there to best mm-hmm. uh, give you the best opportunity to win. But you're right, Monty. It's all about Monty. So uh, one of our elite jamsters, if you want to become an elite jamster, click the join button on YouTube. Sonia says, touchdown Cowboys. Woohoo, LOL. <laughs> Did they score again, Matthew? Yes, 37 to 3. Who who scored this one? Uh, Zeke, that's his second. Fuck, he's sitting on my bench. I didn't play right. Zeke or Pollard. What the fuck am I doing, dude? Oh, you, right. you, well, you were hanging out on the subreddit stakeout. That's what you were doing. Yeah, it was. The Sun's Jam Session subreddit stakeout. Whoa, who's this guy who just completely changed his hat? She went from like a Suns hat to a Cowboys hat. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's see. What here, was going dude. on? What was going on on the Knicks subreddit? How engaged were they in this game? You know, they're engaged, but a lot of it's like kind of given up on it. It's like certain lineups in there that they're throwing out there. They don't like. They don't like um, anytime Randall's on the floor. Anytime oh, RJ's out there. Yeah, they don't. So uh, one of them was uh, RJ, or I'm sorry, Randall is finally playing on RJ's level. Probably going to lose by 25. That's about what's <laughs> happening. So <laughs> playing at RJ's level, just meaning, hey, um, you suck. You're at yeah. his level now. You're yeah. not helping the team win. Yeah, basically that's what that means. Um, let me see what else. Uh, yeah, here's a terrible one. We will never be anything with RJ and Randall together. So that's the thing is like, I don't know if you choose one of these players to keep or do you trade just both of them? Cause I don't see any one of them really helping you win. Maybe RJ over Randall. I just don't think Randall's a, a player that, that can help you win. He kind of, he looks like, you know, a girl I dated over that lives in Levine. That's, mm. you know, Levine chicks, man. Yeah. Well, question: <laughs> which which one has better value? Like, if you're in, if you're if you're the Knicks mm-hmm. and you're looking to dish one of the two because you're like, okay, we're gonna build around the other one. Which one's gonna have better value? Because I think that Randall doesn't have a no. lot of value because his his uh, his contract kind of sucks. It's not horrible, but it kind of sucks. RJ doesn't have value because he's not that good. You know, I mean, neither of them are really good, but it's like, mm, I don't know. That's, I think RJ needs a little bit more time, but then I just, I never believed in that dude. I never believed, I feel like you would know by now. Left-handed people, man. You just can't trust them. Yeah, it's hard. I mean, it- <laughs> and if it's a left-handed chick from Levine, ooh man, run! Yeah, exactly. Run, with, a, run. with a beard. It's, oh yeah. god, yes. Yeah, run. What else do they have? Anyone getting sick of rooting for this team that you know just isn't it? Yeah, I mean that's sounds like that it was makes- a very depressing subreddit for them. I mean, down. Granted, they lost by twenty-one, but they're eight and nine now. It's not like the, the yeah season's over. They're like the sixth seed in the East. Oh yeah, I know, I know. But the thing is, like, they give up so easily. You can just see like how this this 
this team is kind of just worn down. And you have Thibodeau as a coach who sounds like he's a lead singer of a metal band over there on the sideline. <laughs> like he's so loud, dude, during the whole game. But it's hard to play for that guy too when you're down in the dumps because he pushes that team so hard. And I think they're just going to get sick of it and quit like they kind of already have. Um, Brunson has really impressed me this year. I didn't know he was this good, which is true. I didn't know he would actually do this well on the Knicks, but I'm actually yeah, kind of happy. What, what do he have? 27 points? Yeah, I think so. It was 20 something. Yeah. Not bad. I'm surprised how successful. Yeah. I'm su- surprised how successful he's been too. He's just he's got that herky jerky game, and somehow, some way, he gets it in there. And he has the the physicality to where it's sustainable, in my opinion. You know, that's always the the worry about yes, Cameron yeah. Cameron Payne. Cameron Payne's not beefy enough to go down there as much as he does, and that's why he's he's injured. Yeah, there is one that um someone put really want to see the, a lineup of Brunson, Cam, and Grimes together. Who is Cam? I was like Cam Reddish. Yeah, but is he on their team? I think so. Cameron's is still in New York, right? I know no. he is. What? No. Where's he at? That's what I was like. Wait, I was like, wait, is he on their right, basketball? Bench? All right, basketball <laughs> reference. Yeah, I thought that too. Cam, I'm like, unless Cam they want Reddish is on the Knicks. <clears throat> Cameron Johnson? Can't, no, because I remember I was talking about before the season trading uh-huh. uh trading and one one of the trades I put together oh, was injured. like Jay Crowder for Cam Reddish and some picks. Because then we could run a tri cam offense. Mm-hmm. You know, you got Cam Johnson campaign and Cam Reddish. Yeah, out there and people would throw it to Cam, and like the whole defense, would be like which Cam, and they just all fall down, like like zons, you know, and fall over, and then it'd be a dunk every time. Okay, uh, yeah. Yeah, Hayda Zero says he's injured. He got traded from yeah. ATL to the Knicks. That was last season. So, um, okay. Well, I guess they're looking forward to that. They just know geez, Grimes is geez. Grimes is our guy, though. Grimes annoyed the shit out of me in this game, probably because he was in. Dem Booker shorts half the game doing everything he could to try to deter his shot, you know, and, and he was playing hard. Mm-hmm. So I, I can see why, like as a Knicks fan, you respect that. Cause that's what you want. But he was just, he annoyed me. What was he wearing? Like number six or eight or something. Grimes. Um, he is. I don't know Grimes reminds me of uh, the Simpsons. His friend, yeah. His old friend, grimy. Yeah. He's kind of cartoonish looking too, in a way. Yeah, he, he wears number six, which is interesting because he, I mean, he must be a carryover because no one else in the league where, is allowed to wear number six because of Bill Russell. So you're grandfathered in. So it's like him and LeBron, I guess. That is strange. Yeah. So maybe that's why he's so good. He has that power from six. Um, boo, that wasn't funny. Toppin has fallen back to earth. And uh, Bengal scored. They're just laughing at RJ. So that's it. Jeez. So, well, there you go, ladies and gentlemen. If you know, we do it for you, we hang out behind enemy lines during games. And we go on their subreddit to see what they're saying about this game, about our team. Uh, so make sure you give us a like right now. Do it. Do it. The Suns Jam Session subreddit stakeout. All right. All right. All right. It's that time. Jam star of the game. All right, Jamsters, it's a reminder to subscribe, rate, and review. If you're watching this live on YouTube, hit that thumbs up button. If you're watching this at a later time because you're watching the Cowboys game right now, give this a thumbs up button. If you're listening to this podcast, please write us a review. If you're on Apple Podcasts, give us five stars, write us a review, and we'll go ahead and we'll read it right here on the podcast. And of course, if you are on uh, Spotify, you just you know, give us the, the the thumbs up click or whatever it is, the five stars. We truly, truly appreciate that. So, uh, Matthew, you go first. Who is your jam star of the game? 
I'm going with the guy that stuck out the most the whole game. Uh, it's going to be Tory Craig. Is Mac Bill? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Tory Craig. Tory Craig for sure, man. Uh, I wanted to give it to Aiden because the third quarter, I think that was really just the game. I think the way he played basically just you know helped the Suns team pull away. But Craig just he was there all game. He doesn't stop, so he finally gets my jam star. There you go. Crazy Luigi says, I think either Payne, Booker, or Craig earned it the most. Kiko gives it to T. Craig, the juice. The unknown says campaign. Haboob from Ted Lubin. Jam stars of the game goes to Payne and Booker. So the, the backcourt. Sonia gives it to Juice being the jam star. Juice from New Hope Manny. Uh, juice from George E. Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely think uh, <laughs> Jeff F. At Sun's Jam Sush Podcast. What are these Bengals uniforms? They're wearing those all white, the white tiger ones. So they deserve to I, lose, but I need them to win. Trust me on that. You don't Trust like the white that. ones? They kind of, I like them now. I, like, I didn't I, like them at first. I think they I, look I cool kind of like them. I kind of like them. Uh, on the I field, hate, they look good. Uh, but I hate the Steelers. Uh, I'm with you. I give it to Juice in this one. It's who I was thinking the whole time. I'm like, this guy, the way that he's, what he's done is it's, it's just so welcoming. It's so needed. Mm-hmm. And it's definitely like, if I had time, I'd sit and I'd write a piece about it. So maybe I will at some point. I'll just make it, make it part of my Center of the Sun article. That'll be on brightsideofthesun.com. Uh, but yeah, I just, it's got to be the juice. It's got to be the juice. Up next for the Phoenix Suns, they are playing the Los Angeles Lakers on Tuesday. I believe that's on TNT, Matthew. Am I am I mistaken? It's, it's Yeah, what is it? So they have the games on Tuesday now that are TNT, not Thursday? Is that something they, the they have? The they have both of them. But the TNT on Tuesday ones, I think those are the ones that actually have like Chuck and and Shaq and EJ okay. running it. The other ones, it's like Dwayne Wade. Make, I haven't seen takes. I haven't seen Thursday night TNT games. Like yeah, I just, seriously, like two weeks in a row, I looked. I'm like, where? I guess no you're games. right. I guess you're right. Because they used to do the Tuesday Thursday, and the Tuesday yeah. would be like the the B class or the B guys. Maybe, and then... maybe that's what they'll end up doing a little bit later. I'm not 100 okay. sure, but uh, but that being said, looking. Looking towards that game, looking at the Lakers coming into town. It's going to be the first time that we've yeah. seen the Lakers. What are we on? Like an 11 game winning streak against this team? Uh, they're ever four since and, back they're, down, yeah. yeah, ever since the back down. They have not beaten the Suns yep. in a game that matters. I think they beat us in like a preseason game. Uh, but they're four and 10 currently, they're the 14th best <laughs> team in the Western Conference. Uh, currently out. Thomas Bryant is out. LeBron James is day to day with the leg. Uh, injury, but he did not play in the game yesterday. Dennis Schroeder's out with a thumb injury. Juan Toscano Anderson's out with a back. Uh, he's day to day as well. I mean, this is a team that's in shambles in more ways than one. They're not only putting yeah. forth a shitty product on the court, but if they get the number one pick in the draft and they get Wembenyamba, it goes to the New Orleans Pelicans because of Anthony Davis. So they're just so fucked, and it's so great, man. <laughs> Super fucked. And what I get sick of is a lot of the guys stick up for LeBron in a way where it's like, you got to surround this dude. Like, do we not forget? Like, he chooses his players. Yeah, yeah. Just like Booker has input, just like Chris Paul has input. Like, you don't just sign a guy. You don't just make a trade without telling LeBron. Like, so I'm sick of hearing, like, oh, he's not surrounded by anybody. That's fine. And the best part about this team is seriously, like, the give up on their faces, the give up on the floor, the way they are just, it's just disgusting. It's just... Mm -hmm. Go out and just try to fucking win. Just see what happens. See if you can go. I know they're hurt right now, but even before, it was just like LeBron on the bench is pissed off. LeBron on the court just pissed off. But they just try to just go win. Just who cares who you're playing with? Try to go win the game. See what happens, dude. But well, don't try don't, to win the game on Tuesday. That. That's that's what I hope. They're just not going to win. No, I, I, I don't. I, I, it's, it's a win. It's a win for the Phoenix Suns. 
Um, anything else you want to talk about before we get out of here? You know, let you go back to your little, your little Cowboys, you know, Cowboys and whoever the fuck you're playing. Vikings. No. Yeah, no. I'm well, good, man. The, when, when we do play the uh, the Lakers on Tuesday, it'll be our first time seeing Pat Bev on their team, so that's going to be funny. It'll be the last time we see this City Edition jersey for, for a little bit. You know, the Suns are going to wear it four games in a row, and then they go back to something somewhat normal, you know, at the end. I'm kind of getting over it, man. Kind of over it. You know, three games seeing it. Like, I want to see the purple and orange. You know, I, I like the the black PHX ones with the gradient on it. Like, I, I love what it stands for. I think it's a great move. But why did they come out and throw, like, four games at us right off the bat with this thing? They're shoving it down our throat right before Thanksgiving. It is weird, right? Um, I don't think we really fell in love with the jersey that was, like, this city or alternate until, like, the, the Valley ones were the only ones we love to see all the time. Mm-hmm. And then when mm-hmm. you lose two years in a row, you're, like, done with them. Yeah. Um, the thing is, like, we're done with these after three games. That's crazy. But it is true. If they looked, the jerseys were, like, we liked them a lot more. Like, we actually loved them. But they are teal or turquoise, so it is kind of weird. Uh, I think we would be okay with it. But right now, we're kind of sick of those. And honestly, I think about our jerseys. And I know it doesn't matter, but I just I don't like any of them except for the throwback sunburst ones. Oh, those are so sweet. Uh, but I just don't I don't even like the PHX ones this year. I just, oh, I I'm not them. a big fan. I, don't I, like I, re- I really like them. I really like them. Okay. I wish they were purple. I just I love purple. You know, the Phoenix they Suns are a lot more purple. purple and orange. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we're the <laughs> fucking suns. Like you're like purple yeah. is our primary. Like look, just lean into that a little bit. Just lean into purple. Yeah, that's that, that's exactly. who and what we are. That's who we've always been. It's what has made us different. So um well i guess that's it for this edition of the sun's jam session podcast we will be coming to you live from a secret location the next time you see us so tune in for that you'll find out where we're at uh but until then make sure you follow me on twitter at darth voida you can follow matthew on twitter I'm Matthew Lissy. and of course follow the show at sun's jam instagram tiktok youtube subscribe rate review do all that great stuff uh have a fantastic rest of your day jamsters enjoy it you're not, you know, if, if you're living local in Arizona like we are, you, it's 444, baby. You still got shit to do today. So go do some yeah. shit. And uh, Sony did say it is Native American month, so that's why they're wearing it. So things we don't know. There you go. We missed that. But go home and love your turquoise jerseys. Oh, okay. I don't have one. Before.